In the parable of the sower, in the beginning of our scripture reading, and that explanation that, that the Lord gives in the verses 18 through 23, the Lord Jesus teaching about the effect of the message of the kingdom of the gospel upon the hearts and the lives of those who hear it. And he teaches us four different ways of how the message of the gospel affects his hearers. On some it has no effect at all. Remember, Father, the seed is picked up by the birds. And on others it only had a temporary effect. And others again, it does affect them sometimes all their lives, but never enough that they would bear fruit. And then thankfully there are also those who hear and understand with their hearts and they do bear fruits. And that's then how Christ gathers his church. The message of the gospel goes out to all people, but only those to whom the knowledge of the secrets of heaven are given, as we read in verse 11, only those who hear and understand the message of the kingdom They are the ones who bear fruit and are gathered by Christ into his church. In the parable before us this morning, the parable of the wheat and the weeds, you could say, the Lord again speaks about seed that is sown. And if we would just read this parable, only the parable, then so at first glance things are quite clear. We know already from the previous parable that the good seed is the message of the kingdom, the the word, the truth. And then it's easy to see that the weeds, the enemy in a parable, which the enemy in a parable sowed, are all the falsehoods and the untruths, which the devil has brought into the world. But that in the end, the truth will prevail. So only reading that parable then, it seems to be very clear until we come to the part where the Lord Jesus explains the parable. And then we can see that the message of this parable is totally different from what we would expect. And it is this message that I will preach to you this morning under the theme, the kingdom of heaven is at the present like wheat in the midst of weeds. And we look at first on the seed that is sown, and then we look at the time of growth, and then the time of harvest. In verse 38, we read that the Lord Jesus explains the good seed stands for the son of the kingdom. And that is then completely different from what we would understand when we would have just read a parable by itself. Because this parable, in this parable, the good seed is not the gospel, but our people. And therefore, the message this parable contains is so different. And this difference is indicated already by the way the Lord Jesus introduces the parable itself. It's too bad that got lost in in the translation, the introduction of the parables about the mustard seed and the yeast, 
Then the Lord says, indeed, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, or it is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven grows outwardly as well as inwardly. It is always the same. It is like that. But when he introduces our parable of this morning, then he says something different. He uses a slightly different word and actually says, the kingdom of heaven is not like a man, but has become like a man. What the Lord in this parable is going to teach is different from how it has been in the past. It has become this way. Because in verse 37 we read that the man who sows the good seed is the son of man. With his coming, things are changing. Instead of the field being mainly the people of Israel, the field has become the world. Things have changed, are changing. And the good seeds in his kingdom the sons of, are the sons of the kingdom. They are his people. And it's, and it's of course true that they have become the sons of the kingdom when the seed of the word bore fruit in their lives. Bore fruit. Some hundred, some sixty, some thirtyfold. But fruit nevertheless, because they are after all the sons of the kingdom. Now, from this parable and the Lord's explanation of it, it's clear that he himself, the son of man, is the man who sowed and is still sowing the good seeds, the sons of the kingdom. And he sows them all over the world. Because the world has now become his field. But then his enemy, the evil one, Satan comes and sows his sons right among them in the same field in the world. Two kinds of seed are sown. And they are the sons of the kingdom and the sons of the evil one. So you could say that there are in this world basically two groups of people living each by their own different principles or philosophies if you want. The one group's principle is that this world and all that is in it, they themselves included, belong to God. And that they must worship and serve him with everything they do. And the other group's principle is that everything belongs to mankind. And that man's happiness is the highest goal. And that they therefore must all must be able to, li to live as they please. Now, I don't need to explain that those two principles completely differ and, and are in conflict with each other. And since those principles are really lived out by people, there is a serious conflict between those two groups of people. And here have the, we have the world in which we live. 
It's a world of bitter conflict. A world of which the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, warned his people, warned the sons of the kingdom, that they will be hated. That they will have tribulation. That they will be persecuted for his name's sake. It is a world in which the sons of the evil one are so blinded, so deceived, that they believe to offer God a service by killing the sons of the kingdom. That's what the Lord Jesus made clear. The world of conflict in which we live. So now it's so important for each and every one of these sons of the kingdom, which here in our pastors, of course, also include the daughters of the kingdom, that they truly know who they are. And that they really live as sons and daughters of the kingdom. And that they really live according to that principle that this world and all that is in it belongs to God. And that they must worship him and serve him with everything they do. It's important. It's true that some of the weeds that are sown by the evil one, the sons and daughters of the evil one, may at times look and seem to live like the good seeds of the kingdom. You know, the Lord Jesus calls them hypocrites. So you have those, those sons of the evil one who, who seems to live exactly like the sons of the kingdom. It happens. But brothers and sisters... We should never reverse that. In other words, the sons of the kingdom may never begin to look like the sons of the evil one. That, that shouldn't be. Because, brothers and sisters, we must ever be the salt of the earth and the light of this world. Who we are should be so very clearly evident in the, in the Lord's field, in this world. It should be evident by the way we live our lives. And yes, if we do that according to the principle of the sons of the, uh, of the kingdom, then we will set ourselves really apart from the sons of the evil one. And here comes it. We don't like to be different. Don't like it. Want to blend in. Why should we offend with what we do, everybody else, so that they can pick on us and, 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 and smear us and give us all kinds of trouble? Well, if we lay low, we blend in, we have a peaceful life. See, the Lord Jesus compares you with a seed that he sows in his field. You're his seed. And, and you're in his field and you are exactly in the right place. This world is his field. But are the sons of the evil one 
who are quite out of place here. They are like weeds in a wheat field. And yes, it is true, we who live among them, we live among them as strangers and pilgrims. The weeds seem to have taken over. But it's not all as it seems. Because it is equally true that we belong here in the field of the Son of Man and they do not. Just as Abraham lived as a stranger in the land that was promised to him because of God's promise, he belonged there and the Canaanites did not. And thinking about it that way, that we are not out of place in this world, we are not the Ottomans, we are right where we belong. We are the sons of the kingdom and we are in, 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 the, in the field of the Son of Man. And this should encourage us to act accordingly. We belong here. What we believe and the way we live in the Lord's field is the proper way to go. And all the beliefs of others, religious beliefs or not, and all the ways of life of the others, they are not the proper way to go. So we are the sons of the kingdom and we absolutely must not bend back over backwards, uh, bend, uh, bend over in order to blend in with the sons of the evil one so that we may have a peaceful life. We absolutely do not need to lay low in order not to offend those who happen to think different. And of course, we must not purposely offend them. But if our living as the sons of the kingdom offends them, then so be it. Brothers and sisters, times are changing. And for many years, the established church people, that's us, could afford to do those things, we thought. We just lay low, blend in, don't offend anybody. As long as it doesn't really affect us, but we live in a Christian nation, we thought. Things are changing. It's high time that we all actively begin to live as sons of the kingdom. We are where we belong. We are in Christ's field. And the world needs to see us. And if it offends them, so be it. But the Lord will use us to be a light unto them. To be a savoring salt. And that's what's important for all of us. Sons of the evil one. They do not think correctly. They do not live right. And they are also not in the right place. All because this world is the field of the son of man. Every time you feel the, imp the impulse to lay low as a Christian, then, then just recite Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. 
and, and sing that hymn. This is my father's world. Oh, let me never forget that though the wrong, uh, the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. Son's kingdom. That's the seed that Christ has sown. Let's now look at the time of growth. Going back for a moment to the, now to the parable itself in our chapter. Where the Lord Jesus told the parable as it is. The, the verses 27 through 28. And it says, The owner's servants came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does have weeds? And he said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat among them. Now those servants, the Lord does not explain who they are, but it's probably safe to understand that with the servants are meant, the Lord's people, or maybe the office bearers, whoever they are, they are the Lord's servants. And we, brothers and sisters, can so well understand them, those servants, with a question. So then, do you want us to go out and gather them, gather those weeds, those sons of the evil one? You're living in a world in which the enmity, the contempt, and even the violence against Christians increases every day. Atheists become increasingly bolder in their efforts to erase Christianity from public life. The so-called liberal Christians do their best to undermine the, church, the truth of the scriptures. And so hollow out the Christian faith from the inside. Islam, in different ways... But more and more violent ways is vying for the domination of the Lord's field, of the world, in order to force their religion with his laws and his customs upon the Lord's field. And then we sometimes feel exactly like those servants in the parable. You can see how more and more people are saying the most offensive things against the Lord and against the Christian faith. They have become, among comedians, it has become a an, 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 an fashion. And, and you know, the same people, they, they think twice to say anything against any other religion. Why? Because they would immediately be charged with hate crimes by human rights committees and fanatical Muslims would pronounce a fatwa against one's life and, and when risks are involved on those people are not so brave and then at times we become like those servants what if we would become a little bit ag more aggressive what if we make it a little bit more costly or risky for someone to offend the Lord and the Christian faith Lord do you want us to go out and gather them
No, says the Lord. Let them both grow together. But that has consequences. What it means is that we should not, brothers and sisters, expect or demand from our governments that they would go after people who live by unchristian or hateful principles. But what it also means is that the servants in the kingdom, the sons of the kingdom, do not go on crusades, so to speak. They do not refer to force or violence. They do not repay someone evil for evil. And they do, do not live by an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's not easy in this world. But the sons of the kingdom, they must not, as the disciples James and, James and John, remember the sons of thunder, ask for fire to come down to destroy the enemy. We must not, like Peter, resort to a sword in order to, to face those who threaten us. No, says the Lord. Lest in gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat among them. You see, sons of the kingdom, and the sons of the evil one can look so much, so much the same at times. Let's just imagine that the Lord would have said yes to his servants. Yes, go out, go gather them. Who all would have been rooted up? Imagine that we, brothers and sisters, would have had David in our midst, stealing Bathsheba, having their husband murdered. Would we not root them up, gather them? What about the Apostle Paul? While he was persecuting the church, what if the Lord would have said yes? And would we not have rooted up Martin Luther when early in his life he decided to become a priest in an apostate church? What would we have done with Peter after he denied his master three times? What would happen with us in those times? That we live like the sons of the evil one. And forget who we actually are. It's good, brothers and sisters, that the Lord is slow to anger. And rich in mercy. That's why we love him, isn't he? Isn't it? The Lord wants them to grow up together. Why? Because the Lord wants to wheat, the sons of the kingdom, to bear fruit which reflect the glory of his kingdom. And these fruits are produced especially and most plentifully and shine the most gloriously in the midst of the sons of the evil one. Why? Because those fruits, they are not revenge, but turning the other cheek. Not being hostile, but to live, if possible, in peace with everyone everyone in the field of the Lord. This is his world. Fruits are not to take up a sword, but to bless those who persecute you. 
Not hating the enemy, but to feed your enemy. And when he's hungry, and when he, if he's thirsty, don't give him to eat, to drink, I mean. Those fruits are to pray for those who mistreat you. And to love your enemy and to, good, to do good to them. These are the fruits. And, and those fruits are stimulated by the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and the self-control. The, the God, the Holy Spirit, works in the sons and daughters of the kingdom. Those fruits of the sons of the kingdom do reflect the father of the kingdom who causes his son to rise upon the evil and the good. He sends his reign upon the righteous and the unrighteous. These fruits also reflect their savior who when they hurled insults at him did not retaliate. When he suffered he made no threats. Instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. You see, brothers and sisters, what all those fruits have in common, they all have in common that they are surrounded by the sons of the evil one. And that's why they shine so brightly unto God's glory. All things God does, He does unto His own glory. And we, the sons of his kingdom, desire God's glory in everything. And that desire makes us echo our Lord Jesus who prayed, Father, glorify your name. He said that even when he knew that that would mean for him the greatest suffering. Father, glorify your name. That's also our prayer. Also, if we, if, if, when we know that it means suffering for us. Because if you're in that field of the Lord in the world where the weeds seem to have taken over, being a son of the kingdom is going to hurt. so necessary that we live as sons of the kingdom that there is that difference so necessary to bring glory to the Lord those fruits of the sons of the kingdom need to shine brightly there need to be that stark difference like snow that looks its whitest surrounded by dirt it's in the thickest in the thickest darkness that light looks brightest here on earth, surrounded by the sons of the evil one and their fruits, that the fruit of God's grace in the sons of the kingdom reflect the glory of his kingdom most brilliantly. And that's why we are here. That's why the son of man sowed us in his field. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, it is so true that the fruit of shining forth the glory of God's kingdom is for us a goal after which we strive, but which we sad to say never reach completely here. But it is our goal, nevertheless. 
And this striving is such a very important part of the fruit that the Lord is looking for. He, the Son of Man, our Lord and Savior, reached the goal for us. And we just ever strive after him. That's what he wants us to do. That's why he said, follow me. Strive after me. Not simple. Growing in faith. Growing more and more into the image of your Savior comes with trials of all sorts. None of them easy. We are surrounded by the sons of the evil one and their fruits, both of which can be so attractive and so attractive to us. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, our growth is guaranteed because we are the good seed. Since the Son of Man has grown into his field, and at the time of the harvest, all will be well. The harvesters, harvesters will recognize the good fruit, and they will bring us in the Lord's barn, regardless if that fruit was 100-fold or 60-fold or 30 times what was sown. So let's look at that harvest in our third point. The time of the harvest, that's the time that both the weeds and the wheat have fully grown. They have ripened. The weeds, the sons of the evil one, have done their worst to put the wheat, the sons of the kingdom, in the dark shade of evil. They have done their best to rub their poison saps upon them, to entangle the roots with with theirs in order to choke them. The sons of the evil one have done their worst in causing blood and tears, temptations and hardship for the, for the sons of the kingdom. But in spite of it all, the wheat has grown and it has also brought forth fruit. And the fruit has ripened. All is ready for the harvest. And now the son of man sends his harvesters, the angels, to gather the weeds, the sons of the evil one to put them in bundles and to throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Picture, picture that. See them go, those angels. Carefully, they sort out and gather the weeds, the unrepentant, the murderers, the thieves, the mockers, the greedy, the sexually immoral, the liars, the hypocrites, the false teachers, the deceivers, They are bound into bundles. Not one weed is forgotten. The angels do their work readily and cheerfully. Not one wheat plant is rooted up. The angels are done with the weeds. Sodom is gone, but Lot is still standing. Jericho disappeared, but Rahab shines. Not one wheat plant, no matter how badly hidden by weeds, no matter how little or much fruit, not one is uprooted. They're all there. And then these angelic reapers 
throw those weeds into the fiery oven, into the lake of fire, into hell. It's the place of eternal punishment. It's a place where also thousand years will be as a day and, and a day like thousand years and unseasonally there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The language used in the Bible to describe the horror of hell is always figurative. Why? Because there are simply no human words to accurately describe it. Also for hell it counts. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for the sons of the evil one. And if you're here this morning and you know deep in your heart that you are not a son or a daughter of the kingdom because you do not really love the Lord Jesus Christ and you know that then cry out to the Lord. He is mighty and willing to do what's impossible by man and turn wheat into wheat. To turn the sons of the evil one into sons of the kingdom. He did it with the murderer on the cross. He did it with the apostle Paul. Yes, he actively did it with all the sons and the daughters of the kingdom. So, if you know in your heart that you don't love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, do not deceive yourselves and think that there's time enough to repent later. You don't know that. It is the Lord who sets the time of the harvest. And it will be there when you don't expect it. Turn to him. So when the angels are finished with weeding out all that causes sin and all who do evil, then the righteous, the sons of the kingdom, the Lord Jesus says, will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Kingdom of the son of man, brothers and sisters, has then become the kingdom of our father. It will be just as the apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15. The Son will hand over the kingdom to God the Father. The Son will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God will be all in all. God the Almighty, the glorious majesty, it will be his kingdom. And we brothers and sisters are his sons and his daughters and therefore heirs of that kingdom. The field will become the kingdom. It's a kingdom that has been prepared for us from the creation of the world. And there we will forever shine, brilliant like the sun. Because the glorious and holy radiance of our Father's face will shine upon us in all favor, in all its infinite goodness, in all its eternal love, and all darkness of sin and shadows of sadness and grief have been wiped away forever. And so here then, brothers and sisters, is the parable of the good seeds and the weeds and the destiny. And the Lord Jesus said on the end, he who has ears, let him hear. Amen.